and welcome to podcast 291 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod I'm joined by Dupe, Joe and Mr. Mad. Welcome gentlemen, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back Matthew. Welcome back. We missed you. It was almost like I was never not here. I mean we barely realised you weren't here but we missed you. It's uh, that I highly doubt that. Um, yeah, Mad called you a nonce. Yeah, well, <laughs> only, only four people heard that. But, <laughs> <laughs> four four people. people. Yeah, my There's wife three of you. My, my youngest son had to help me edit. <laughs> <laughs> Pressing the buttons. Yeah. Uh, on this week's pod, then, do we have a safe focus, gentlemen? I'll, I'll take like, that as a no. I'll, I'll do one if you want. Oh, excellent. Well, I've pretty much done, pretty much done a season in a week. Keep the good time. Smashing going. it with the PSG. Flying. Uh, so we'll carry on from last week. And then we have a spotlight on players that need rescuing in FM23, inspired by an article that you will be able to find on 5starpotential.com. But before that, let's go back to Joe and hear more about this aforementioned fly-through season with PSG. I'm going to need Matt's help here because I can't remember where I was up to. Uh, oh, you mean last? He remembers everything. Yeah, you know Friday. I mean, it feels like, it feels like it was a lot happened. Play night, wasn't it? A lot happened since then. <laughs> uh, um, where did you finish? I had off? to re-listen to that pod so many times because of Mad Slip, so I should know this. You well, I was at PSG when I. You were at PSG. You were, but you hadn't yes. won the league yet. We were asking you about um, oh, spoilers. Spoilers. Twitter. Hello. Yeah. We. I believe Joe. We talked about the the vision and all that kind of stuff. The that you were ex- what you were expected, but obviously you weren't sure how long you were going to stay there, and that may have changed. The plan was only to stay there for a season, um, and I completed that season yesterday. I think last night. Um, but yeah, I'd basically gone through the whole whole season. Um, PSG just paid six million six million pound a week wage budget. That's ridiculous. Like they hemorrhage money more than something that hemorrhages. Um, <laughs> a hernia. There you go. Yeah, if you like. Um, I'm just trying to think. I can't remember where we are, so let's just start from the beginning. I took over at PSG after, obviously, leaving Stoke. Um, went in there with the objective that I wanted to win the Champions League. They'd finished second the, the year before. Um, Gautier had been... He left to take the France job, so he'd been there that whole time. Um, so I've I've gone in there. They got players on ridiculous money, um, and Bappe. I don't know if it's his original contract or not, but he's on a million pound a week, hundred ninety five grand per goal scored, ten goals he gets four point six million, <laughs> fifteen goals he gets another one point one million, twenty goals gets another one point one million. If he's the top scorer in the division. Four point seven million bonus. It's right. a surprise why he resigned for them. Really, oh, no, I mean, he's just. Did yeah. I do this contract? <laughs> <laughs> so it bloody sounds like it. <laughs> got I mean, no money, FC. Other than, <laughs> what other the than fucking Harland, why? <laughs> other than Harland, he's like you know he's probably up their best striker in the game, um, and I played him on on the left. Um, but actually, my top scorer, which was. At, you know, turns out to be an actual result was Maxi Gomez. So he was bagging it, playing him target man. I haven't played a target man for for ages, but I was I was playing basically my front four, all were all on attack duty, which I, again I don't normally do. So I had a target man, I had um, inverted winger, attacking midfielder, inside forward, all on attack, and then the rest of them were all on support or defend duties whichever you know, whichever it needed to be but I met, obviously done my normal thing made sure I just had two players for every position so I was trying to kind of limit the amount of money that was being wasted like I think I said last week Mason Mount they'd signed him 350 grand a week um, Hakeem who's on 300 grand a week Ruben Neves 220 uh, Danny Olmo 220 um, Mark uh, Marquinhos was on like 225 right, just, it was just money for money's sake um, and yeah so I basically went went through the season um, with the objective to win the Champions League so the league I wasn't really paying that much attention to it was kind of I had two two 11s 
And so I was rotating. I was basically making sure that the Champions League, I always had my strongest 11 ready. So like I was always looking at the fixture list, making sure that going into the Champions League, I'd always have my best 11 available. But I actually struggled in the Champions League. The league, absolutely pissing it. Um, but then Champions League, I'm pretty sure, I haven't got a game open now, probably my first five or six, and obviously bear in mind we're in that new league, Champions League. Oh, horrible. So it was a... Yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a strange one, but it took me till probably the last two or three games in the campaign um, to make sure I actually got qualification, um, which was a little bit squeaky bum because the only reason I took over PSG was to win them a Champions League for the first time. Um, but yeah, in the league was literally just smashing every game, and it started off it was like all five nils, four nils, you know, just absolutely decimating teams, and then we played Will Steels, Stadarin. He took, he, he took a point off of us. Um, and that was the only points that we dropped all season. So I, I had 33 wins. Yeah, 33 wins, one draw, 100 points. Um, it could have been worse. That could have been like the last game of the season. I know. Well, that's what it normally is, though, because I've had a few yeah. a few saves over recent years where you'll go unbeaten the whole year and it'll be the last game of the season that you'll lose. But... You don't want to say that the French league isn't competitive. It is if you took PSG out of it. Because the rest of it looked, you know, they were all pretty close. And we won the league April the 8th, I think, at 28 games maybe, or maybe it could have been less than that. Um, we beat Monaco, who was second, and that basically won us the league. So then all attentions were on, obviously, Champions League. So then into the knockouts of the Champions League, Leipzig um, destroyed them, easy opponent. Then we had Liverpool, who I played at home first and we won 4-0, um, went back to Anfield, one all draw, so that was quite easy. Now they had won six out of eight league titles so far as well, so I actually played them probably at their worst because they were in fifth position in the Premier League um, and would turn out to actually sack their manager at the end of the year because of poor performance. Then had Manchester City, in the semis, um, won three two in the first leg, drew the second leg two all I think. Um, so just managed to kind of scrape through that. Haaland didn't score against me, which was yes. I take that as as a as a win. Um, and then in the final, played Bayern Munich, and beat them three one. And it was actually a really easy game. It, we was two one up, and then no sorry two nil up. They cut they pulled one back, and then literally we scored the next minute. It was like that FM thing where Bayern shouldn't have scored. So mm-hmm. FM kind of balanced it out and gave you a goal. Course correct. So yeah, so won, won that uh, 3-1. So won them their first Champions League. Had played Rennes in the French Cup, beat them 6-0 in the final. Like, you know, it's, the, the league is a bit of a joke when you're PSG. And bearing in mind, no Neymar, no Messi, no Verratti. Like, haven't got those players in there so the team when you look at it I look at it and go that team isn't as good as it could be but they've still had some great players um, and then so basically won, won the treble and decided I'm going to leave so I applied for the Chelsea job again for the third time um, they employed Didier Deschamps Chiefs Chief. um, Liverpool <laughs> Liverpool job was available applied for that they employed um, Antonio Conte then the Newcastle job come up and they'd finished second and they employed Vincent Company who was oh, Porto manager happen? I applied for the Porto to, job uh, yeah, I'll let you finish first and <laughs> Sorry. I, was, yeah, I applied for the Porto job and they gave that to some sangria drinking bloke um, <laughs> so I was kind of like sangria. I'm not getting any of these fucking jobs I've won like I've won everything I'm now like, the treble and you can't a, get a job. I'm a decorated, I'm a Champions League winner. <laughs> and I still was struggling to get a job. So I thought, do you know what? Sod it. I'll stay with PSG because they had serious players leaving, like end of contract, and I wasn't going to re-sign them because they were on stupid money. So Neves was on 220 grand. He was 32. Um, Kimpembe was 34, 33, 34. And he was on like 200 bags a week. 
Um, Danny Olmo, 225 grand. And who else was there? Danny Oh, Cody Gakpo. He was on 195 grand. And I was saying to Duke before we recorded this, I actually, I had him at Stoke. I got him in on loan. And he'd only played for PSG. But they signed him the first season of the in-game for like nearly 50 million. And he'd played no more than 10 games for PSG every season. I had him on loan at Stoke and played him nine times. And then, so by the time I'd obviously got to him, he was 29, I think. And it was only towards the end of the season that I started playing him. And I think he played 19 games, scored 16 goals and got 12 assists. And I was like, why am I, why am I letting this geezer go on a free? So I basically, I cleared up about a million pound a week in just, you know, standard wages because we, we was massively in the red, like 260 mil in the red. So I had quite, we was, well, we was going to fail financial fair play and I hadn't really signed kind of anyone massive to be fair I'd probably spent about 200 million or something like that <laughs> um, so I thought Do you know what I'll stay and I'll have I'll have a mini rebuild to see see how we can get on go on mate you've got a question mate well I was just going to ask like uh, it's, you see you're obviously going to stay on for a second season and you were, you were tempted to leave I was going to ask you as a joke when you were talking about like Mbappe's salary and all this and I was going to ask you what the manager's salary is for you at PSG and then I thought is is that actually something is it, is it considerably high that maybe other teams aren't uh, having a look at you as the manager because your salary is very high at PSG? It is a it is a thing, isn't it? Because if you're paid a lot, your mm-hmm. reputation is normally higher and obviously clubs would have to buy you out. Um, but they offered me a new contract and I declined it. Okay. So my initial two-year contract, I think it was a two-year contract. It usually is, I think. I can't, can't remember. I can't remember what it was. Um I, I basically I declined it so I thought well at least that way my stock could retain fairly low so if someone wanted to come and get me it wouldn't cost a lot to buy mm. me out of my contract um, but yeah it's, I don't know it's a strange one because I've I've kind of gone up through the leagues I've, so I've had consecutive promotions I've won the Europa League I took Stoke from relegation like bottom at Christmas to promotion got them two seasons of top half football Went to PSG, done the treble there. So I think as a manager, I'm kind of um, I should have fairly decent stock, but just at the moment, it doesn't seem like anyone wants to wants to take me on. It's mad that you can go to from Stoke to PSG, but you can't go from PSG to Chelsea. Like it just that that level just doesn't. The thing is, I I had a similar thing like last year with Atletico because I got to a point where I it was well, I guess it was a pretty similar situation to you, Joe, really, where a lot of a lot of the old guard who were reaching retirement and I was having to get rid and it was a bigger ebo than I could be asked with at that point with the money I was given uh, to be able to do that properly. But then um, I I was applying for the jobs in the Premier League. No one, no one would sniff at me at all, even though I'd actually managed in the Premier League. I'd gone from Swansea, who had got promoted back to the Premier League and got them into Europe. But then... On off the back of that Atletico job, the only clubs that would come in for me were other European clubs, but the Premier League was not interested. Despite me doing like really well, like I'd won this, I won the league in in Spain. I didn't didn't do quite as well as you did, but I also didn't have the financial backing that PSG have. You didn't have a million pound a week player, did you? I didn't have a million pound a week player. <laughs> I had I had a really shit version of Benjamin Shesko, so not good enough. Um, Joe, and you might, you might. I know you, you did a tweet about about a certain Haaland. We might come on to that in a minute. But considering a lot of our listeners probably have been smashed by Haaland in game, did you do anything special in that semi final against City to try and, I suppose, m- mitigate the threat of Haaland with the centre halves you had? Was it two at the back, three at the back? Any instructions? Just just two at the back, and literally, there's not really much you can do. And what I've tend to find against him, no matter what you do, he just scores anyway. But I, th- I think because we was playing positive, um, and I've got, I'm, it's a very attacking system that is mm. kind of like we're just going to score more than you. And in the in the French league, obviously, it's well we just dominate completely. But then when you go into Europe, it's very much. I think we attack so much that you know you're just going to outscore your opponent. A lot of the games I've played against Premier League teams, especially. They've been really high-scoring games. 
Whereas in the league, I probably conceded 10 goals all season, if that. So there, I didn't I didn't go into it with any specific instructions or anything. I did, in the January window, I signed um, Wesley Fofana and um, the Chilean new gen that I had at Stoke. I was talking to Matt about it before this. I signed him at Stoke for 3.3 million and then bought him for 94 million at PSG. Oh. So I've done, done my old club a solid there. Um, and those two are like, they're both kind of five-star kind of current ability players. Yeah. A different podcast. Um, five-star ability. <clears throat> five-star current ability. And they, uh, yeah, th- those two are kind of their elite centre-half. So it was, you had those two, and then you had Marquinhos and Kimpembe as my kind of alternative centre-halves. So it's like, you know, we we was good in that area and Donnarumma in goal, so you know we weren't too bad. So, if the inevitable happens and Deschamps fails to perform at Chelsea and they sack him mid-season, are you jumping or attempting to jump, or are you sticking with them for the full season? I kind of think now, I'd probably tell Todd Bowley to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Because like they, they gave, I went obviously went for the interview with them and they went with Deschamps. And do you know what their um their club vision was? Bear in mind they finished eleventh. Right. Their club vision was um make the most of set pieces. So like they, they, they that was it. Like they didn't have anything, it wasn't like get Champions League or anything, like it was play for set pieces. It was the the thing they had in the interview and I was like, this club's fucked. And what the the reason they'd appealed to me like the the other two times that I'd applied for them is they just had a massive squad, and this is obviously pre winter update, so you haven't got any of those new players in there, but they still had a massive squad, and you know you know the typical shitly built AI managed mm. transfers, it was like full of that, and they still had like a thirty six year old Lukaku playing up front, and, and I was six like, left back. I just wanted to go in there and better clear it all out and like just build this new squad. That's that was the appeal to me, but then. What they've actually done, all most of those players are all out of contract now, so they've actually got a really small squad. And I was like, oh, doesn't really appeal to me now. So if they if they offered it to me, I would probably tell them to fuck off. Uh, oh, Juventus as well. I went for the Juventus job and didn't get that either. So I was thinking where you said about um, going from Stoke to PSG. Obviously, Premier League is number one. It's the top league in the world. Where French division's fourth. Tier, like fourth, fourth yeah. in the in the list, so that's probably what I know. PSG are obviously a higher club, but in terms of the league reputation, it's lower. But no idea because I didn't get a Porto job, and they're fucking like seventh or eighth. The thing is, I, I my my trip to the Premier League was weird anyway because I ended up having to. I went from I jumped from <laughs> like Billericay in League Two mm-hmm. to fucking Groningen in the Eredivisie, and then like a sideways step from the Eredivisie it to the championship and then promoted from the championship to the Premier League and then I jumped from from the Prem to Spain. Uh, so it's... I, I don't think... I can't remember the last time I actually had a save where I, I didn't stick with one team but then managed to get a job in the Premier League for, like from outside of England. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird because I, I started this whole save with Salford just as a, I, I literally watched the Sky documentary, you know, the whatever, class of 92, whatever it is, and instantly went, I'm just going to start as them. <clears throat> I just fancy playing it. And and I had no intention to be loyal to them or anything like that. So I just kind of went, yeah, I'll just see how it goes. And now we've ended up at PSG. And it was, yeah, big. It wasn't so much of a rebuild as in the club was financially fucked, I thought. Then we signed a £175 million telecommunications deal. Um, the, the chairman put a load of money in and we went from being 260 in the red to about 194 in the black. And I was like, yeah, you're never not going to have money at PSG then. Um, still only probably had 50-odd million to spend to basically replace, well, well definitely one starting midfielder and then a backup number 10 and a backup centre-half. Um, but I'd kind of, in my mind, where I'd been playing Maxi Gomez up front as a, as a target man, I thought, you know what, I'm going to put Mbappe up front as an advanced forward. Oh, fuck it, I'm going to change it. If I'm going to play another year of him, I'm going to change it up. So I'm, I've moved him up front. 
So I wanted so I needed a DLP. Um, Vidovic, who's the Bayern Munich youngster who we've had, he was the backup to Mbappe, so I've put him on the left now. Um, yeah, and then Mbappe up front. So I kind of had to make some, try and make some signings just to kind of fill the gaps there. Um, and then Mad actually mentioned it just before we recorded when I showed him the squad and, he, and well, showed him some of my results. And he said, oh, Erdegaard. So Erdegaard was a bit of a cheeky one by me because obviously Danny Olmo had left on a free transfer. He was he was the backup to Mason Mount in the 10 position. Now, I'm not, I'm not a Mason Mount IRL fan, but in that number 10 position for PSG, he scored about 20 goals last year. So he, he's good by me, even if he's on 350 grand a week. So I decided... I looked at Odegaard, he was transfer listed. Arsenal had a bad season, so like all their top players were all transfer listed um, by request. And he was up for 100 million. And I was like, well, I haven't got 100 million. He's 30 years old. So I waited till transfer deadline day and I just went in for a loan bid, cover all his wages, and I pay him a million and a half a month. And that they, they accepted it. So I got him in on loan. He's basically cost me 15 million quid for a world-class number 10. And he's only 30 for, 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 a, for a season, you know, because I don't, I actually didn't, wouldn't want to sign him for his age. So I was yeah. like, perfect. Um, so I got him, got him there, in. So. Um, DLP I signed from um, Borussia Dortmund. He's, he's a new gen. Um, I showed the, a screenshot of him and he was like gagging to play him further forward, but he, <laughs> he's, he'll be a good little DLP. Um I had a, a guy, a Brazilian guy from Palmeiras on my shortlist. Real Madrid walked in and bought him. Um, and he, I was a bit gutted there. But because you can only um, have four foreign players in your squad in France, I didn't have the space to get him. Um, similar to a striker. Um, I can't actually remember where he was. He's a Brazilian guy. But basically, I, I had a deal signed for him. And I was like, I'm not going to sign him because I can't register him. And I don't. he's too good to loan out. Mm. So I thought, I'll leave him now. And then the next transfer window, I might go in from if I've moved somebody on, like Maxi Gomez. Chelsea, ironically, Chelsea wanted him, um, and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to sell him to Chelsea just because Todd, Todd Bowley is my new Jason Tindall. <laughs> um, and literally on deadline day, Brighton went in, activated his release clause, and he's gone to Brighton. And I again showed Dupe a screenshot of him, and he was like, "Fucking hell, he's good. Like he's still worth signing, even though he's now in the Premier League." Mm. So uh, yeah, missed out on a couple of Brazilian superstars potentially but yeah managed to fill the fill the squad up um on a i'm going to say a relatively small budget for psg so we've started the season um unbeaten in the league just starting my champions league campaign now so we'll see how we get on but i'll, I'll keep looking at the job screen just to see you know if there's any any jobs coming up that take my fancy because I, I don't feel loyal to psg i know licensing is the main reason behind it but it would be lovely to have a world where FM would allow you that you'd allow you to either ruin a club properly or a club to ruin itself properly, so that like financial fair play actually means something in the game, even if it doesn't in real life. And there there are various creative accounting ways to wriggle out of these sorts of sanction, sanctions that they should be imposed. But it would make saves like that a lot more fun, where there is. I guess kind of a similar situation to what Dupes put himself in yeah. with the Manchester City save, where it you know you actually have to be a bit clever with what you're doing rather than sort of buying your way out, even if you don't want to. Like you sometimes you just can't stop the game from giving you money, and and even if there is a club in administration, there's only only so many points deductions that are given. And in fact, I don't even know if that actually happens. I think it might just be a case of if it's hard coded in real life, then you have them, but you don't have, uh, or you edit them into the database. But once the game's going, I don't think they happen any further past that. So uh, having that ability to add a bit more like difficulty, because I think you really enjoy the financial aspects of the game, like, and I think that's. Like I'd, I'd, I'd imagine you're, you kind of smiled with glee at the Odegaard deal that you put together, knowing that you got the best of everything. Oh, absolutely! Pulled their pants down, in my opinion. <laughs> so now I've got Mason Mount and um, Odegaard as my two number tens. I'm like, that's like obviously uh, Mason Mount is probably thirty as well now, so you kind of got them at their 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 peak of their power, probably. So you can imagine how they would have developed. They're kind of at their maximum current ability I should imagine 
Mbappe up front. Oh, he's spicy. And still got that back four. So Hakimi's still there. You've still got Donnarumma. Still got Nuno Mendes. So, and they're all kind of late 20s. Wesley Fafana and my Chilean centre, uh, new gen centre-half. Like, uh, it's a lovely little team, but you look at it and you wouldn't go, oh yeah, that's... like I've definitely built better teams before than what's there. But you look at it and you go, there's no wonder that we just stroll through games. Well, I look forward to hearing more about it, regardless of whether you end up staying at PSG or you decide to move on, or if cl- other clubs allow you to move on, alternatively. Well, we, we were talking about the winter update and starting a new save, and I'm like, at the moment, I don't really need to, because I am, st- well, I've played a, a season so fast for me. Like, literally, we recorded a podcast Friday, mm. yeah. and this is the Monday, and I've played a season. Like, I've never played that. Far. I'm in a similar boat. Like I was having thoughts. I think I've mentioned it here in the pod. Like thoughts, or I, like I'll soon be ready for the next one. And then I just, things have just kind of taken a nice turn in my say. So I'm, I'm still hooked in there for another while yet, which is good because there's no rush to certainly save plenty of time. I guess that's the joys of literally being zero football on this weekend. Do you know what I mean? So you had so much time to to do what you needed to do, mate. <laughs> Nothing uh, happens. It also means that the network saves just a little bit further away, doesn't it? Just around the what corner. Exactly. Rip the network save. Right. Uh, okay, let's move on. Um, so we mentioned at the outset about an article on the website uh, entitled Five Players You Need to Rescue in FM23, uh, some of which are featured in similar articles earlier in the year, but they're players that have been at clubs what feels like an eternity and have just never had that big move despite being linked to various clubs for years. And obviously, football manager fans will have known of their existence for a long time before they became like mainstream transfer targets and uh, the features of the gossip pages of the various websites and uh, Sky Sports news programs that are available to us. Uh, So we thought we would catalogue a few more in addition to those that are featuring in the article. So uh, if you haven't looked at the article, go and look and you can see the five that we've selected or has been selected by Mr. Madafem himself but we've we've collated some additional players that we think are in a similar boat that have uh, stayed for a long period of time or for their, in some cases their entire career at a club that have underachieved but they have decided to remain loyal for whatever reason and haven't moved on so uh, these are some more players that you can potentially rescue or alternatively try and beat other teams to signing because some of them in the article do tend to join the same club time and time again because FM is able to rescue them despite their real-life counterparts not being rescuable at this point. So um, who wants to start off with a suggestion of a player that perhaps needs rescuing or not, not even a case of rejuvenating but it has outgrown the team that they currently play for. I think, Matt, I'll just pull one from the article just to set the context, I guess, because some people don't want to read it. But um, I suppose you'll get the context once you hear a couple of names. So I suppose the five that we mentioned in the article, spoilers alert, are uh, Livakovic, Sangari at PSV, Domenico Berardi, Sassuolo, Ricardo Horta, who is um, at Braga. And the player I want to mention is Jose Gaia. And we briefly touched on him, Matt, before the pod as well. Most players most players of FM will know about Jose Gaia, left back at Valencia. And I'd be surprised if all four of us have not signed him in the past. Um, he's been around probably for, I want to say, the last eight, six, eight years of FM, if not more. And the joke we were saying, Matt, was he always, always, always signs for Manchester City. <laughs> Um, even in my own save, he's popped up in the last year or two. I'm in the year 27, 28, and he was in the top 20 of the, you know, the top 50 players in the world um, as a left back. Uh, and what's interesting was he was at Real Madrid in that save. Um, but the shout out for him is Valencia now are in the mud. They're 19th in the league in real life as we record this. And he's still there and he still gets in the Spain team. I think he's pretty much... Back up. He's been back up to Jordi Alba for quite a while. I know Balde is coming on the scene for Barcelona. But he's been in, in and around the Spain squad for quite a long time. And um, 
he's he's too good for Valencia. Simple as that. And he needs to get out of there because he's at that age where if he doesn't get a move in the next year or two, assuming he wants one, he's not going to get one. And I think that's kind of where we're going with this players we need to rescue. Jose Guy is number one on the list for me. Okay, I'm going to set the scene. This player would probably like to jump into a time machine and go a little bit further back. Um, but this is a player that's that's out and out put goals in the back of the net, balls in the back of the net, I should say. Uh, rescued his team when he need when they need him. Yet yeah, he is just he needs to go somewhere else to finally pick up a bit of silverware. We're not a Spurs pod, but I'm going to mention the Spurs player is Harry Kane. <laughs> but he is a very good player, world class. He's up there. He's broke just broke the record for the most goals ever scored at Tottenham. But it's lads, it's Tottenham. You know what I mean? Like he needs to go on and do more. He he should be having. Multiple. He's turning more and more into Shearer. I was just going like, to say the yeah. longer his career goes on, he's just got a little bit more hair. Isn't well, that, yeah, but that that will go soon. Isn't that the question, yeah, really? Yeah, like, dribbler as well. <laughs> isn't that the question, Dupe? You're Harry Kane, right? You're if you stay at Tottenham, you're very likely to break the all-time Premier League record that Shearer has held since mm-hmm. you know twenty years, um, there thereabouts. So do you think that's on his mind, like um, as to why he's not moving? He's probably had options. I know the price would be high. But would you would you stay to get that and go down in history and sacrifice not winning a, a trophy? Or do you go to get that to get that silverware? Good like if, if he if he doesn't go anywhere, and this is a bold claim by the way, but if he doesn't go anywhere and he goes on to get the top goal scorer in the Premier League, could he be kind of put down as one of the best or one of the the better players that turns out to be a bit of a flop? Which sounds ridiculous, but like Trophies mean it are the prizes, you know. That's what players want. You know, they get four t- chances a year at maximum to win a trophy. Well, yes, okay. Like, sorry, you, you, like you're saying about like trophies win like increase your prestige. You think mm. about Messi, who are people were even doubting his ability because he hadn't won a World Cup. Yeah, and I just think that like yes, Shearer sure, obviously got a lot of goals, but he also got a Premier League title in his name. Harry Kane, without getting those top top prestige trophies, it's a wasted career. Like, it sounds ridiculous, I know, to be saying that to for a guy that scored the amount of goals he scored. But if he would have went to um, if he would have went to Man City last season when it was kind of, what should he could he is he like how many goals do you reckon he would have scored, man? Like he would have scored more there than he was, he scored at Tottenham now. Potentially, hard to know. The thing is that if you're if you're signing. Erling Haaland for potentially half of what Harry Kane yeah. is going to cost. Where would you go? You know. Oh and yeah, I yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm I mean, not the, blaming that, City the, here. I'm the blaming. take that you've just given there is like that's football Twitter because you're saying about you know trophies are what makes a player. Blah blah blah. blah. Well, Tottenham made him a player, and I, yeah. I'm I'm saying that as someone that you know I laugh at Spurs, but Tottenham have given him everything. You know, he's on Apart what's a he trophy. On? Well, no, but what's what's he on? What eight hundred grand a month, something like that, probably. Yeah. You yeah. know, plus his plus goal bonuses, whatever he gets. He, he's a regular for England. He play. He, you know, you know that if he's fit, he's playing every single game. He scores goals, which you know, it, all strikers say. You know, scoring goals is the best feeling. You know, and he scores plenty every year. Like you look at his goal tally this year; it's not bad. No, it's well, it's fucking brilliant. I think to be fair. Yeah, and you kind of think, would you would if you actually think about it from a him point of view? Well, Spurs aren't really ever expected to win anything, so he hasn't. If you go somewhere else, you've got that whole thing of like uprooting your life, uprooting everything to potentially not play every game, and you don't know that you're going to have the same opportunities to score goals. Whereas at Spurs, he could he could stay there. He will play every available game that he can. Like you say, probably become the Premier League all-time top scorer, which it's the way bad. that transfers work and things like that, like you probably that won't get beaten. So his name will forever be mentioned as a Premier League top scorer. I think I think you raise a good point there. That is something that isn't isn't easily replicable in FM and perhaps doesn't really. I think it's it's 
become more of a thing recently, but um, like players unwilling to move because of your location has become a bit more of a, a reason that some players will give you as to why they are refusing the move. Um, and it, well, it always think, used to be about the money, didn't it? It was like yeah, they'd move to a big team because they're getting paid a lot, whereas now everybody in the Premier League gets paid good money. Yeah, so it's kind of been like money yeah. has kind of been completely like uh, like neutralized as as a as a talking point. Like unless someone is so much of a mercenary that they just have to have the most money, or their agent is basically saying that they need to have the most money to like as a statement uh, or anything else. But equally, I I dare say that there's more pressure that comes with that than anything else. Um, but I do think it would be nice to have even more of a prominent. Like I, I give the players in FM more of a personality in that regard, where that there will be players that have extreme loyalty, and I think actually they it's not a case if they do a bad job of it now, but it's more more get the players that who will just stay forever in a day. Whereas I see Kane move to Man City quite frequently in FM, um, and I think actually in real life, if United had been more of a force. Over the past five years, I think he would have gone there a long time ago um, because he is he like it, it. There seems to be a lot of comparison in terms of like the kind of transfer like Berbatov was um, at the time of his yeah. career, where he was he was you know really good for Spurs. He was talismanic for Spurs, and then he joined United, and then it was a it was a weird United side, and I feel like maybe that has. Um, poisoned the well a little bit for for Harry Kane because the money wouldn't have been an issue for United regardless of how well they were not performing in comparison to prior years. Um let's let's move on from the the Spurs sounding podcast parts. Let's go for for another player. Um English again, but different position. Uh we've mentioned Shearer. Uh he's a single team man in uh JWP, James Ward Prowse. Uh, who in FM I see pretty much ninety percent of the time in my saves he goes to Liverpool, uh, but it's normally towards the end of his contract he'll leave on a free. In fact, around the sort of age he's at now, which is twenty eight, IRL, um, and he always does amazingly well. I think he in my yeah my last he actually they bought him and he didn't captain them, but. They won the Champions League with him as captain, or something like that. I think he was like, he's he's really good, but I don't know if he's amazing good, if that makes sense. But he's he's a bit of a weird player. Like, do you know I, what he is? I, he's a, a he's a Jao Felix type of player in FM, and and yes. kind of IRL as well, because you kind of go, where does he? What does he actually play as? Because I think you probably say seventy five percent of people or players of the game would go you said what position or what role does he play not necessarily position but what role does he play because you you instantly think of him you just think set pieces yeah rather than what he actually what he does you know in game and then I kind of think to myself like where would he go which, which team would need him like, other than if you if you took I say take away set pieces because you can't devalue that because he's exceptional but where where would he go? I'm just looking at mine here, Joe. So I did I did observe him move to Arsenal in my save. So um, we're kind of six years, seven years in. He started playing a lot for them as a DM, um, and even now, as we speak, I've just opened it there, and he's he's in there, 33 years old as a DM. But when I looked at the World Cup where England were playing, he was playing for England, starting in the World Cup at right back. <laughs> Um, which is and and it was right right back right back genuinely, <laughs> and as I look at it now, he's got like he's he's competent as a as a right back, you know, on his on his attribute screen on his player screen, and it's it's kind of baffling in a way. But he's very he's very is versatile. Pep the England manager or something. Um, I actually can't remember. I remember talking about it. I'd have to check. I can't remember who's England manager. Wing back. Um, it's it's a random one, but I think going back to FM, you know, yes, uh, you, you kind of go straight for the set piece attribute when you think about Ward Prowse and FM. But he can offer quite a lot in terms of versatility, flexibility in a game that, you know, is quite harsh when it comes to um, player fitness during heavy schedules and all that. So a good player to have on the books if you can afford him. And to go back to the original point, 
he's like as we speak he's a little bit stuck at Southampton he's the club captain you know he's been there for you know the majority, pretty much all his career I guess and um, you know it's a hard place to leave but if they get relegated I mean he's got to go someone's got to get him out of there he needs to be he needs to be rescued but where, where like even if you said in FM but where does he go like which midfield does he get in and then you compare the clubs that he would definitely get in would you say they're mm. a better team than Southampton I, I think so. at this, if he goes at down, this or... moment, no, but I feel like it. he would end up going. If, I think Leicester, if, if Madison situation. left Leicester, I, I could see him going there to replace him. Or in, or Everton. Mm. Like yeah. that, he's, that it's like, it's say, he'll be in a, you know, same shit, different day situation where another team struggling against relegation just because, and I don't think it's necessarily his ability, it's more how other teams tend to play and then what they need in a midfield versus him as a player because he's not a particularly, like, he's 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 got incredible work rate, he's obviously a very fit player but he's not got express pace, he's not an amazing tackler either, he's just like an also-ran midfielder with an incredible set piece and a great passing range but the the need for more mobile midfielders seems to be the thing that everyone is going for at the moment, um, and I think that's probably like it. It becomes quite difficult to market you unless you're available on a free and you're like a like a low risk. It's saying that he'll end up at West Ham. No, you said what if they get relegated? Well, West Ham will be there with them, mate. <laughs> there is that. There is that. There Talk. is that, but he—that's the sort of that, that. That it's those sorts of could be mid-table, equally oh. could be. Moisey, would love relegation him, fodder. Moisey would love him if, if obviously, I know we've we're going to potentially speak about Declan Rice, but if he went, getting JWP in would be like perfect for Moisey because he loves a set piece. Yeah, and also. Cresswell's contract coming yeah, to an end, or like, his legs both, coming to an end. Both, yeah, I'm not. Like, I love Crazy, but both of our fullbacks are fucking Dude. myth, mate. Bring in James Ward-Prowse, what? right wing back for West Ham. On for <laughs> the dream. Sold. I bet he defends better than Trent anyway for England. <laughs> um, mentioned Declan Rice. Uh, I mean, who has he not been linked to? United, Chelsea, wanting back. Uh, loads of other. Big clubs, although not a huge amount on the continent necessarily. Like that, it's been predominantly other Premier League teams that have been have been eyeing him up. And obviously, a precarious contract situation, at least when West Ham are concerned. Um, it would be an interesting situation in FM. He goes like all over the shop in my saves. Yeah. I don't think there is like a unlike Jose Gaia, who always seemingly always goes to to City. He he floats around everywhere. I've seen him go to Arsenal. I've seen him go to Liverpool. Seen him go to Chelsea. Um, never seen him go to United unless someone else has been managing them. But um, he, he's at Arsenal in my PSG save right. at the moment. He's at Madrid he, in mine. Liverpool. Yeah. That, that's weird that he's in. That he's at Madrid. Yeah. He, he, so like he's he's a hundred million pound player in game. Yeah. And that's probably what West Ham would take for him. Yeah. So here. Um, so if you don't know, I'm managing West Ham at the moment, uh, and he was sold uh, in January first season for seventy million pounds to Real Madrid. Cheap. This is the same Real Madrid that bought Maxwell Cornet for twenty nine. Just saying. <laughs> um, so they bought they bought they bought Declan Rice for a hundred and nine million plus Maxwell Cornet. So <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. But he's he's so much more than a holding midfielder, like West Ham. Him playing in that midfield is an absolute waste because he can do so much more. Like he would be an ideal Pep player if they didn't have Rodri. Mm. Yeah. But because they've got Rodri, that's why he would never go there. Obviously he was linked to Arsenal. And again, I don't in those two positions that they're playing, I kinda of don't think he I mean he'd be exceptional for Arsenal, but they've got obviously where they're playing party and Shaka at the moment. Maybe he would replace Shaka, but I don't know. I just don't see them paying a hundred million pound for a player. They might if, they win, if they win the league, they might. You know, you never know. Um, Newcastle could definitely see him if they if they get Champions League and want to spend some money. I could see him going there. Don't think they'll get um, it. United definitely, definitely could do with him because yeah. obviously the, the Casemiro is brilliant, um, but. 
he's going to get to a point where they're going to have to manage his game time through, through fitness-wise. I mean, you've seen him a couple of times. Like he he has no pace, you know, so he, he does get run past sometimes. So you're going Seven to have to... times this week. Yeah. <laughs> if I speak, I am in trouble. I thought that didn't happen. You said, you said there was no football earlier. Did you have a bad dream, what? Duke? <laughs> like the same fucking dream you had two weeks ago, you knob. Fuck off. Hello, darkness, my old friend. How's that fucking Carabao Cup gone? Shut Liverpool. Up. I would say Liverpool could definitely do something with him, but I think they're yeah. going to try their hardest to sign Bellingham. Imagine they got so both. I don't, I don't think they will. I don't just they imagine. Both. Yeah. Like, that would be so good for England. That would yeah. be amazing. Um, and then, yeah, if, if I mean, you could go continental, but I don't think there's, I don't think there's the money abroad. No. to get him also I guess that it goes back to the, the same thing we were saying about the likes of Kane would he want to go abroad like he's a very much a like a in, in any interviews he's very family oriented he's 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 well, very work big on him, <laughs> well, well his dad, there, his dad I guess there is work a, for him yeah so but like the, the, he is he's firm like he's got a lot of roots and I think I think it's, he would be the sort of player who might struggle if he wasn't able to take the roots with him. Like, and I think it would not that I don't I don't see him as one of those sorts of players that wouldn't want to integrate himself and throw himself into any cultural challenges that may come of moving abroad, which I'm I'm sure that they do exist. And again, that would be another thing to to see in an FM a bit more is that players becoming more homesick and not just instantly. Like taking to it like a duck to water when you are when because it, it is a you know it's a big move. I think moving anywhere in the same country is a big move. When you move somewhere where there's now a language barrier, Jesus Christ, talking about a language barrier, and I'm struggling to get words out. Typical, um, but any when you add any more of those personal complexities that will impact a player's performance on the pitch, not to mention the fact that you can't speak the language of your teammates, irrespective of how many times people claim that football is universal as a language, because I don't think it is. You still need to be able to say, like, understand what the fucking manager is saying to you. I think it's just a, it's, the path well-trodden is, is not so much English players going abroad, is it? It's the other way around. But um, I suppose sticking with FM and midfielders... Uh, like I wouldn't be as worried about Rice. He's, he's young enough that he's got time for that bid to happen. But thinking about players where that time could be kind of moving a bit quicker, you, I think you suggested him, Matt. Milinkovic Savic, still a Lazio. He's been probably one of the Napoli, best mid. Say again, sorry. Napoli, was it? <laughs> Napoli, the blue one. Um, he's been outstanding in FM, Matt. How many? How many years in a row? where he's like top elite tier midfielder. Oh, awesome. Again, if you don't sign him for the club you're at, if you can't afford him, he's going to end up at a, at a big club. But he's still a Lazio, who are doing okay. They actually beat Napoli at the weekend, I Um and, and they'll always kind of do okay. But he's one of those players where, he, you know, he's he outgrew the club a while back and they haven't caught up with him, but he still hasn't nailed in that big move. And I think well, he's a concern. So, so the... The confusion with Napoli, which was off air, so thanks for that, Duke, um, was was uh, in my comparison with Marek Hamšík, yes, who who stayed at Napoli for for twelve years and then moved to China and then has subsequently, I think he's at, in Turkey or something at the moment, um, but he never made that big move yet. Season after season after season, and in in FM, he would always go to a massive club. And so I think Milinkovic Savic is very much in this same ilk, and obviously the whole Eastern European comparison is a pretty lazy one that we could make easily. Um, but it's, it's. He, I think he's in danger of missing out on that move because he's mm. going to age out of it, uh, which I think is pretty much what you're alluding to is that either he beco- he becomes too much of a risk because there's obviously got to be a reason why you haven't moved yet. Um, if if because he's obviously got the talent there, or at least people in certainly in FM he does in real life. I think he he does as well. It's uh, it's just a I guess it, the longer it goes on, the more yeah. surprising it is, and the more you start to question as to why that hasn't happened. It's an easy transfer rumor in the summer. Fabrizio likes it. He gets about a, a million and a half uh, no, uh, interactions because of it. It's a shame. He's a good player though. You're right. I do wonder as well because Lazio have obviously always put a high price tag on him and I wonder if now 
FFP when you're looking at how you write the transfer down with his age, whether they can give him that longer-term contract and obviously offer the transfer value that they want to make that transfer work. Yeah. So I, that, I, that, that could be another reason why he stayed because Lazio, I've kind of, I've always said, if he goes, he's going for big money. And maybe they much. can't, maybe they can't, like teams can't justify the big wage, the big transfer value for maybe the return. There's no, there's going to be no sell on. So it's basically, it's all going to be written off. Mm. He'll end up at Juventus if he goes somewhere. That's, uh, yeah, I guess the other thing. Only like, if he goes yeah, on a free. True that. Uh-huh. His, um, his brother also plays in the, in the same, same country, right? He's a goalkeeper, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, I wonder if that, that, that might be a thing, but he's, he's 28 now. He's just, just turned 28. So yeah, I think what it's you're rescue. saying there, Joe, is it's probably ringing more true is that he may be aging out of that move, and if he does move, it'll be on a free. Um, but even then, I'm I'm not sure what his con- current like contract term is, um, and and how how soon that ends. If he was going to go Premier, if he was going to sign for a Premier League team, even if it was in FM, you, you know that that age is going to be going. That's his last big contract. So it's going to be big, big transfer, big wage, no resale. And I think, I think a lot of teams now, whereas before they maybe pumped the money into him, and especially like you say in FM, I'm mad to say I haven't actually looked at him in my PSG, save what happened to him, but he's still at Lazio. Maybe it is a thing where they're kind of going. Well, his value has always been higher. Big teams have bought him, but they've always had that potential resale yeah. because of his age. Whereas now, potentially not. And would you look Chelsea, at? Would you look at that in FM? Would you look at that buying an older player? I think I think you would if if he was on a free. I think you might con- consider yeah. it as long as his wage wasn't exorbitant. But I think that if you are the closer he gets to thirty, and then obviously once he's over thirty, it's like it'll be a it'll be a bargain for someone who's just been promoted. But it would still be a risk because he's never played outside of of um, outside. Well, he has obviously played outside of of. Italy, but not for a long time. Uh, he's only played for one club at the sort of the elite level, as it were. So it would be a big risk. And players, although he's not Italian, we don't you don't see a lot of players moving from Italy to the Premier League and then it just working. There always seems to be a bit of growing pain. Yes, there are some fantastic outliers that completely defy what I've just said. But they are few and far between, and that's why they are outliers rather than the. So you don't see a lot of transfers between the Premier League and Italy. You see them going the other way, but there are a lot more failures than successes. I don't think the age. I think my my perception of the age side of it, things, Joe, has really changed. I look at Casemiro. Like we mentioned him earlier, and granted, he was a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely, can't deny that. But we're gonna get hopefully four good years out of him that he could help inspire uh, like five nil losses instead of seven maybe um <laughs> he, he's he has changed that team he's changed the mentality it's it was a big it was a lot of money but if he if we come out of this bad run of the last five ten or the last ten years and we then go back on to it's gonna say forty five minutes there yeah <laughs> we go back on to, to to the rail track and, and we start gliding forward again it's worth every penny of it. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think the way I would look at it is if I'm buying an older player it is by looking at the total value of the transfer and the contract, um, because you're not going to get that resale value. So, yeah, I think you're. I think it's something that that only but recently is, I'd be interested like, in. But man, this signs a lot of young players. Like I appreciate your comparison there because it's a civic. Like there is a. I think that people were making the like or asking the same questions about that Casemiro bit I'll start again people were making the same questions and arguments against that Casemiro signing because of his age but equally United can afford to make that sort of signing and they needed to make that sort of signing this is the sort of I would say Milinkovic Savic is the sort of player that a lot of teams already have a similar version of and so would be questioning can we afford to spend that on him and will he be better than what we've already got? 
enough to justify that cost whereas United haven't had a solid mid- defensive midfielder for fucking years and so it was such a need that you needed someone at the base of that triangle to be able to build from the rest and that's why is generally uh, Liverpool result aside yeah. uh, has stabilised that I, team I, I said that to Dupe I said he's that signing has made United be able to play with one defensive midfielder instead of two yeah so that that's his weight there is he's basically he's playing what they've previously been playing two players to do and he's doing it and I, I, I never questioned the Casemiro signing purely because he was brilliant at Porto he's brilliant at Real Madrid he's, he's a serial trophy winner he was never going to walk in there and be a bad player yeah, and what that does, and that signing does for Man United, and granted we're not a Manchester United podcast, we're not going to talk too much, but it gives it would then give the opportunity to to refresh that midfield and 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 gives us three years, maybe four, to replace Casemiro. A bit like if we were to go and get uh, SMS, you were going to get him out. We're going to have three or four good years of him, and it gives you that time to maybe better youngster in alongside him with that knowledge and mentoring of him, and it gives you that chance to do it. It's a lot of money to do that, but. You know, we've got some good players coming through the youth that hopefully they're going to learn a lot from that guy. You probably find as well, in terms of how Man United operate in the transfer market, is they're not really a resale club. No, we don't. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't Daniel do James is our highest. Yeah, they don't sell a lot of players. Whereas compared to other teams that do, you know, potentially buy cheap, sell higher. Yeah. Um, I think you probably look at maybe, I mean, City have sold a few players for some good money. Um Liverpool good at that. Yeah, but they, no. they buy players and they do seem to to do make them better and then resell them for more. I mean, yeah, Mane, I suppose. Um, Coutinho, Luis Suarez, Coutinho. Suarez. They've had a, they've had a few, yeah. Cert- certainly a lot more over the last kind of five years than Man United have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the most profit, uh, the highest amount of profit we've had in in the last ten years is Daniel James's transfer, which is just mental, isn't it? Uh, when you think we sold players like Lukaku. Uh, got rid of players like Pogba, Pogba yeah. who were once touted to be amazing, and yet we get nothing for him. And Bolt bought him to for him for such a lot of money. But he's already been refreed and gone back to Juve, so that's that's fine. He has, but um, he's only played one game this year, and they lost because he's, he's also crocked. Um, Correct. We did have quite a few other suggestions, but we will be here all night, so we'll wrap things up, and we may well revisit this topic. At a later date, see if there, see if some of these have moved on yet, and also we can add uh, a few ad- additions to the the list because we were actually you saying that we weren't we were a bit Premier League heavy, but they they you know the the article isn't so. If there's any from abroad, tweet us. Exa- indeed, and uh, they we might be able to reveal some of the the ones that we didn't get to because I, I don't think we realised how much we were going to start talking about it. And so for so for those of you that don't like the quiz, there's no quiz this week because yes. we've run out of time. I'm one um, of them. Ali, Ali, Ali. That's the best news I've heard all week. <laughs> Mad's fuming because he I'm spent back, three man. minutes putting that together. Oh, no, uh, anyway, it was just going to be. Uh, um, that- can you name all the players that scored seven goals at the weekend? No, never mind. We'll move on. Oh, oh, the, the players that scored seven goals. Yeah. You know where I was going. You're going to take the. Do any of those exist? Out of Newcastle, girl. Yeah, we only Matt, lost two nil to the top of the table league champions. It's fine. It's okay. Can Can I make They're a suggestion for a table, quick quiz? Can we name everyone that's got a Carabao Cup final uh, medal this year? Matt, can you start? Um, Take it by phone. All the Man United team. R- runners up, what medals? Are we yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah, so yes. I find that up as well. Fucking Martin Dubrovka. <laughs> That's amazing. Have you, sorry, I know we're gonna go off a bit. Have you seen the um, the memes of him? Simpson, not like, a Manchester United podcast because he, he won. He won a medal. He's won and a he medal. He's back the into final. your dressing room after winning a medal. Ah, that's the most oh, Newcastle thing you'll ever hear. That is, that is sad, very right? Newcastle. I was going to mention about the twelve point bottle as well earlier, but I didn't. No, it's no, fine. No. Uh, anyway, that brings. Episode 291 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all of our latest Football Manager content, including the five players you need to rescue an FM23 article we have already mentioned multiple times throughout this pod. A Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Tweet us your suggestions of players that also need rescuing to please say goodbye folks 
Goodbye. Goodbye, folks. folks.